0: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pog RX. I'm your host, Gamer Doc. We've got a good show coming for you. I, I say that with hesitation because I'm about to talk about something controversial. So put your controversial hats on, get out your controversial cups, and pour some tea because it's time for t- tea. So, this is now a couple weeks past when there was a new development in the gaming and streaming space, which was the release of a line of skincare products that are supposed to protect you from blue light. Now, pseudoscience and, you know, I would say immature science should always be met with skepticism, right? It should always be met with skepticism. But the backlash that this company received was outlandish um and i get it right i get it we should be skeptical of any new product that comes on the market but people have to realize at the end of the day you can disagree with someone and not hate them right you can back up your thought processes with scientific claims and not call people by names so let's let's talk about let's talk about blue light for a second. So we've talked about it a little bit on this show in that it can interfere with your sleep-wake cycle, but can it mess with your skin? Can it mess with your eyes? Uh, and so I think what it comes down to is we have some scientific data on the chronic exposure of blue light uh, to rats. We know what happens to skin cells in petri dishes. So w- what happens? Um, in When you normally see light, right? So white light from the sun goes through the solar system, through our atmosphere, hits my eyes. And the way that light's energy is transmitted is in a photon, right? So um, a photon, it's like a particle, but also a wave. A, a, A photon hits the back of my eyes and it gets absorbed by cells in my retina. So you've heard of rods and cones before, right? So rods, help in low light, black and white, and then cones are good with color vision. Um, It hits a rod, it hits a cone, it hits the individual cells, and it transmits a signal to your brain and says, I I see light, right? So that's how, that's the visual system right there, who needs to go to medical school. Um, But how this can be problematic is if your cell gets too many photons, right? It can be damaging Um, it can, it can hurt, it can burn out your eyes, right? That's why we don't look directly into the sun. It's bad for your eyes. So how your body prevents that is when you, when it absorbs a photon of light, um, the, those cells undergo a process called bleaching and it doesn't matter what happens, but it can't absorb another photon for like half an hour. It's, it's out, right? It's, it's done. It's like, I'm out. I'm in my tanning bed. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm going to put that little Playboy Bunny sticker on. I'm going to listen to some music. Leave me alone. It doesn't absorb any more photons. That's a way for your body to protect itself from the, your, eye, your eyesight to burn out. Blue light. So blue light is in the visible spectrum of light. White light, right? If you've ever seen a rainbow before, it's because white light gets refracted through the water in the sky and you see the individual spectrum, right? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet um so blue light is constantly being emitted by the sun but the thing about blue light now is when we used to have fluorescent and incandescent bulbs um it wasn't so concentrated now that we have led lights it uses narrow spectrum blue light a lot more so we're getting chronic exposure from blue light and why blue light is problematic for your eyes is Remember that process, a photon hits the cell and then it says, peace out for 30 minutes. Well, blue light, once it absorbs a photon, once, the, once that photon of blue light gets absorbed, your cells don't have that protective mechanism and it actually can absorb more and more and more photons of blue light, which in and of itself, isn't that harmful. But this makes you more susceptible to damage. It makes you more susceptible to damage from white light, right? So this is all in its infancy. And one of the things is, is blue light hasn't been around for that long. Yes, it's existed, but we haven't been exposed to LED lights chronically for a while, right? So there's not a lot of data on the long-term research. And it's one of those things, that's like, it's like smoking, right? We The first papers that said that smoking might cause cancer were released in the 1940s one of the reasons why no one listened to that paper was it was a guy from nazi germany but no one really listened to it it wasn't until i think the 1960s when the surgeon general finally released a statement that says smoking is bad and at that time half of all u.s men smoked and a third of all u.s women smoked and you're telling me that no one in the 1960s before the surgeon general said it was like maybe chronic inhalation of this Cigarette smoke is bad. Like no one used their brain and said, probably, right? And so when I think about blue light in our eyes, you got to think that maybe it's not great. Maybe artificial light, the highest energy, visible light spectrum, constantly being hitting our eyes isn't good, right? So those are the eyes. What about the skin? What about the skin? So there was a study in 2018, that looked at, um, they, they measured the amount of light that was transmitted from an iPad and they matched that, right? Scientifically matched it. And then they held it above skin cells in a Petri dish. And they said, what happens? And they looked at it after an hour. And after an hour, they found an increase in reactive oxygen species, right? So have you ever heard of free radicals or whatever? So reactive oxygen species are things that could potentially lead to skin damage potentially lead to death of cells dna breakage blah, blah 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 um in that study they didn't find any increased risks of cell damage in that one hour time period but they did find this increase in reactive oxygen species well the thing is is, is you there's reactive oxygen species all over your body all the time right how you get rid of them is antioxidants antioxidants get rid of reactive oxygen species um so there's this one study and i'm almost done i promise you because i know this is really science heavy but we have to know what's happening right we have to know what's happening when products come out we can't just regurgitate what other people are saying um and there's this one study that looked at what happened this was the eye not the skin so it looked at what happens with chronic blue light exposure and it found that yes you're creating more reactive oxygen species right you're not getting any cell death but your antioxidant levels slowly start to decline, right? So what happens when you run out of the antidote for the reactive oxygen species? What happens then? We don't know. We don't know. Is a skincare product with, I don't even know what they're calling it, blue light protection factor going to help you? Probably not, probably not, but, Before we dismiss the chronic exposure effects of blue light, because there aren't any studies, I want you to think about why there aren't any studies. And I want you to think about what you think would happen, what you think is going to happen. So that that is my lesson. I don't even know if this is a lesson, but that's my my talk for this little intro is because, you know, we all are so quick to react and judge and say what everyone else is saying. I don't think that gamers need a specialized line of skincare products. I also don't think that gamers need a specialized line of 85 different powdered drink mixes, but no one cares about that, but that's none of my business. So just be conscious of the effects of blue light. Don't be a sheep. Uh well let's just go to the Pogar Here it is. Pogar Here's a quick and easy esports specific smoothie that you can make. Find yourselves a blender, take a frozen banana, make sure you chop it up and peel it before you put it in the freezer. Add some berries. You really want to get blueberries in here for the antioxidants. Throw in that protein powder where the aftertaste is really starting to get to you. Some peanut butter for extra funsies. Then I like to use oat milk, but if you're on that dairy kick, go for it. Blend it up and enjoy that boosted antioxidant blend for brain power. All right, y'all. There it is. The one tip to help you get better at video gaming If you want some more tips, luckily we have the head of mental performance at Fit Gamer. Uh, he currently works with teams such as Cloud9. Have you heard of them? Spitfire and Hurricane. We have Landon Gorbenko on the show. He has been a long time, uh, correspondent, long time caller, first long time listener, first time caller. I I don't know what this intro is, but. I'm pumped to talk to him, pumped to talk to all of these guests, but it's really nice to have people on the show who I have watched their careers grow and flourish, and And Landon has been doing some really cool things recently, and I'm excited for him to share them with us, so let's do it. Landon, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Staying warm, hopefully, with that with that vest and that T I C.
3: I see. Oh, it's... Right now, I think it's below zero where I live, so I have to... I'm always, always warm, and that's, I think I was telling you that I was going on my last kayak trip of the of the mm-hmm. season, because water is now starting to freeze, so it's done. <laughs> so I'm nice, I'm always bundled up, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> that is
0: wild, I was just outside, it's like 80 degrees in Washington, D.C., and I was just outside, and my strawberry plant has flowered again, so um, I think we're in two separate parts
3: of the country. I scrape my car every morning from frost, so they were <laughs> definitely... No strawberries where I live.
0: I don't even have a car scraper. <laughs> which was problematic I, last year.
3: Yeah, I, this is kind of completely tangential to anything we want to talk about. But when I was in undergrad, I had such a terrible car that the... um, I've always lived in northern Canada, but the the vents gave off humidity. But my car was from California, so it didn't have heat. So during the winter, oh. the humidity would come up into the car and freeze over the inside. Oh. And so as I was driving, I'd be scraping. <laughs>
0: That's, I don't think you're supposed to do that.
3: And I'm not a
2: mechanic,
0: but I I do know a a thing or two about what's not supposed to happen. But,
3: you know. Definitely not that. Definitely.
0: (laughs) So you are the head of mental performance at Fit Gamer, and you work with proteins like Cloud9, Spitfire. So my question is for you, good sir, how do you make gamers
3: better? Ooh. That's a big question. How do you make gamers better? I think, uh, you know what? It's kind of interesting too is each game has with it its own culture and kind of starting point as well, which is really interesting what I've noticed when you look at uh, League of Legends, when you look at Overwatch, when you look at Call of Duty, when you look at Valorant, the starting points for making people uh, better is so vastly different. And um, I don't want to get like too personal here. I know like one of my rosters, for example, so just so brilliant. Uh, when it comes to understanding how you become better so they're very engaged in like um, uh, like the importance of peripheral performance training so we're talking about like the the nutrition the sleep the exercise the mental side of things as you get to go like way deeper and that's challenging in a sense Is like when somebody's already like at a high level of understanding the peripheral peripheral components of performance it's like where do you begin in then i think that's that's the tough question and there it's things like um you're really trying to fine-tune certain things like uh just awareness of what causes a lot of issues that pop up so if you uh let's take league of legends for example if you if you are constantly ganking top or i we had that exchange or that that, that twitter problem but if you're constantly ganking top and you're losing your solo queue games because you're ganking top a lot um Trying to create that deep awareness of of understanding that your your tendencies in game or what you're doing is is difficult in a sense, but trying to find people, teach them how to recognize their own patterns, acknowledge those patterns, then redirect what would be a little bit more optimal for that.
0: I heard you're you're quite good at League of Legends. Little Birdie told me.
3: Who told you that?
0: I know. I'm. I can't. I, a doctor never reveals their journalistic sources. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay.
3: League is my game. That's I'm all right at that. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're pretty good. So, okay. So I'm a player and I might be doing things that I've developed skills. I develop patterns over the years. Some of them might be good though, right? And some of them are bad. And and what if my success comes from I level two gank top and, and no one expects that, right? And, and so how do I tell... If what i'm doing is leading to good things or bad things
3: also another good question and um i don't know if this is answering your question but i'm gonna i'm gonna run down this path a little bit Can't one wait. of the things that i <laughs> one of the things that i tell a lot of people is that um what you're doing might not always be optimal but it might still be helping you it will talk about like solo cures for mm-hmm. example maybe not professional but like what you're doing might not be yet optimal but you're still climbing the ladder and you can ride that wave um, so with that level two gank, for example, like, uh, say you're playing Jarvan, you're starting, your, your red side, you're starting, um, on your red buff, level two gank, get that 1v2 versus the top lane, cool, ride that wave all the way up the rank layers, it might take you to platinum, it might take you to diamond, whatever it might be, um, but keep on riding that until you plateau, when you plateau, now it's time to really take a step back and reassess, cause, cause there's always going to be things that you can optimize, and At a certain level, whatever you're doing, no matter how good it is, at a certain point in your career, at a certain point in your progression, what you're doing will plateau. You'll hit that- that edge of what that can get you. It's that point that really defines people, because a lot of people will then fall into this cycle, kind of like spinning their tires over and over and over again, where this has worked up until this point. Just gotta try and, like, forehead my way through it and just bash through these doors and continue to do this thing, level 2 gank, level 2 gank, level 2 gank, level level 2 gank, whatever it might be but you're now at this plateau point. They're not taking that time to step back and realize that the things that they've been doing up until this point were good up until this point, but no further. And I think that's that's really one of the defining spots is what will set a player from who's going to climb to, maybe it's like Diamond into Masters, grandmasters, Masters, Challenge, or whatever it might be, is the ones that can ride a wave up and then reassess when they hit the plateau, then ride the wave up again, reassess when they hit the plateau, and then continue to do that process. Because I think, I mean, the amount of times I've seen players just be absolute phenomenal like masterminds at the game, but then hit that plateau and be unable to break a plateau. that's that's a really tough skill to learn.
0: That seems in- remarkably intelligent, but also at the same time remarkably difficult because if I'm a pro player and I've made it to pro league with my strategies and I get on this team. And my team is not winning. We don't make it to Worlds. Nothing good is happening. All of those strategies that I've done in the past got me there. So my initial thought is, well, my teammates suck, right? Like, of course it's the teammates. I mean, obviously it's it's not me. Uh, I, it doesn't matter if that I went like one in twelve. I, it, it obviously wasn't me. I didn't. It doesn't matter that my opponent out farmed me and that I made stupid decisions. How do you get? people and and even get yourself to turn that microscope inside
3: I actually just put kind of like a similar tweet out like this today because so it historically speaking when we look at almost almost any sport or olympic sport like whether it's cycling swimming badminton whatever it might be maybe not batman no, I, so, I, I want, want to look at badminton
0: one. yeah that's awesome. yeah
3: <laughs> um when you when you look into those it's like somebody hits the top they hold that top for a very long time mm-hmm. and you almost hit a plateau because it's hard to, right. when you're the best, it's hard to be better than the best. Yeah. Uh, Once so you hit that plateau and then you see kind of a changing of the guard over time, it sometimes takes a few decades, but you see that transition happening. Um, and that's kind of like a macro scale of it, of what I'm talking about. Because when you look inwards and you look at somebody individually, they will climb upwards, hit that plateau, and then search for people above them mm. that they can learn from and then kind of go further. But when we see pros who um, when they've gotten to the pro scene doing what they've done, they're now the top, and they're searching for people they can learn from, and they forget that even, even somebody that's like platinum, diamond, master, whatever it might be, they can still teach them a whole lot of shit, man. Like, you can learn so much from people below you, whether that's, um, just like a style of thinking, a way of handling a certain situation, perceptions, uh, general awareness about how certain game states work, or how, uh, internal states work, like, you can learn so much, with the willingness to learn from people that are below you. Uh, and I think I actually just tweeted about that today. It's very, very interesting that it's popped up. Um, and I think that's... When it comes to the pro scene, this is one of the things that I try and hammer in, is that despite being at the best, you should be willing to go and coach people that are lower than you. So if you're in the LCS, like man, go volunteer some time with a high school team or a plat-level player in the same role, whatever it might be, Like just by simply coaching somebody else or learning from somebody else that's below you, like, it's gonna do wonders for your game. It's gonna help you break a lot of plateaus because it's forcing you to change the way you think. That's really
0: intelligent. Uh, okay, switching gears <laughs> here for a moment because I could go down this path for forever. So I was, speaking of tweets, um, Jack, the CEO of Cloud9, recently tweeted, Huge thank you to Mike and the team at FitGamer all season. They trained us every scrim day and even prepared travel workouts. These workouts were key to us having the mental and physical stamina to get through the long play-in group stage. How the heck does working out help me in group stages at Worlds?
3: It's funny, we were watching, uh, did you watch the, what was it? The spring finals I think it was. The, The one that Cloud9 won the LCS no um it was fun because we i was texting uh the fit gamer team specifically mike mike is the guy that does the physical training for mm-hmm. cloud nine i was texting mike and uh, i think it was, i can't remember it Was fudge and blabber and maybe sven were on stage and they were doing squats and i was <laughs> like ha, ha, mike, ha. mike, mike you did it they're on stage doing squats and they're like they're they're up and they're like all right <laughs> we just, they're going for it and i was like mike you man you you got it you gotta right? clip that we did we i think we have what a photo got, of somewhere for sure anyway sorry i get i like to get animated there um what was your qu- how how does physical workouts how, help how would that why I was, am i yeah. doing that on stage like isn't it just about solo queuing so there's i think it really boils well it boils down to maybe three things obviously like one of the big topics that we always talk about is how general physical health like muscle development cardiovascular development is great for overall cognition it helps Mm -hmm. you think clearer a little bit faster processing better decision making yada 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 that whole spiel um two other things that i think aren't maybe as as aware or i think most professionals are aware of this but not the players per se is that Um, one, going into a group stage, a tournament, whatever it might be, is extraordinarily stressful. Like, there's a lot of physiological things that happen when stress sets in, right? Like, there's a lot of research when it comes to, uh, Robert Sapolsky does some, some great books on this, like, why uh, zebras don't get ulcers, like, that kind of stuff. But, uh, great book if you haven't read it. I love that book. Old, but good. Um, but we can see that the body is impacted by mental stress. And so when you're going into group stages, you're getting that classic like flight or flight you're getting that stress response in your body and doing a little bit of quick exercise beforehand helps to calm down those nerves gets the the blood flowing eases up the jitters helps you kind of dial in a little bit because you're not just stewing in your own misery at that (laughs) point you're actually doing something with it right uh so that's one thing the other thing would be um with with in terms of like group stages or something that's like prolonged like. Uh, Worlds this year was a double round robin, right? You have the three games, and you have a a day of three games against all the best teams in the world. That's grueling. Like, sitting there for that long, being under that stress for that long, that period of time, it's rough. Like, that's that's physiologically, not just mentally, but physiologically tiring. Uh, Being prepared for those kind of environments where it's going to be long, it's going to be hard, it's going to be grueling on your body... Being prepared for those environments by doing the workouts beforehand, by doing the workouts in the morning, uh, by just having your body physically conditioned for that long, grueling, stressful environment is going to do wonders for maintaining your performance over the given day or over the week or the ter- entire tournament, whatever it might be. So I think those are really like the three primary reasons why those those workouts are so crucial in order to maintaining performance over time.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, d- I definitely 1 million, billion percent agree with you on all of that. Uh, okay, I got another, in my investigatory journalism, um, I came across your LinkedIn page. I'm trying to get better at LinkedIn, whatever. But <laughs> LinkedIn says you work specifically with resilience, emotional regulation, anxiety, and anger management. When people hear the term emotional regulation, um, sometimes people get angry because it they they're like, it's impossible to regulate your emotions. And it's almost like, that statement right there means you need some emotional regulation. Um, <laughs> but getting tilted is pretty common across all these sports sure. titles. So yeah. how, I mean, you know, for me, I when I play angry in hockey, I play better. How is getting tilted bad for me? Like, if I play better when I'm tilted, let's go. Why is it this bad?
3: This is, this is a conversation I literally just had. I won't say the roster day, but I just had this conversation <laughs> with the roster about two weeks ago. Um, and I also did a, a little, a a a seminar on this not a seminar it was like a it was a discord call uh let's not (laughs) call it was a discord call with a big group of people um but talking about how tilt actually isn't necessarily a bad thing and how you can utilize it because i gave that exact example like when people get fired up in Mm -hmm. football hockey soccer like you can just go for it like you play better like so how how can tilt both be this thing that makes people play insanely well and also this thing that's so terrible And I think a lot of it, it boils down to understanding the mechanisms of tilt a little bit better. And so along with tilt, there comes a lot of dysfunctional things, right? Like tilt will lead you to AFK in your game. It might lead you to flame your teammates. It might lead you to make some really horrendous decisions about inting or running it down, or whatever it might be. Like there's a lot of dysfunctional things that can come from tilt. So the start the, the key piece here and why it's important to kinda like regulate that is because if you can remove those dysfunctional parts of tilt, you now have this incredibly energizing and invigorating emotion that can actually drive you forward. Mm-hmm. And the example I give, I'll use League of Legends. The example I give is like let's imagine you're making a Baron play, right? And you have your jungler. Um, they just missed the smite, the enemy team, the Lux just stole it with um with, uh, with the Lux all just stole the Baron from you, everybody's just raging at your jungler at that point, right? So everybody's tilted. But now imagine that situation of, you now are kind of at odds, like they have Baron, they probably have some kind of gold lead or some kind of game advantage now. In order for you to overcome that, you have to become hyper-focused, you have to come like dialed in, play Extraordinary Macro, and we've all seen that happen where the enemy team steals the Baron, and it kind of like, Pushes you into the moment even further, and you become better at the game because you have to. You have to be better at the game, otherwise you lose. Mm-hmm. uh And so, in that moment, you can see that the tilt towards your jungler, towards the enemy team for getting the Baron, actually gave your team the edge. If you remove the dysfunctional parts of tilt, so instead of flaming your jungler or raging or going AFK or just trying to slam FF constantly, you take that energy and you focus it in something a little bit more productive, like. All right, so now we have to do one three one to manage our waves. We have to push the waves out when they reset so they can't get an immediate baron pushes. It really like can kind of hyper-focus you in. So when I'm talking about things like emotion regulation, specifically going into the tilt part, I say tilt's actually something you shouldn't be scared of. The potential of the dysfunctional parts of tilt, that's what you should be scared of, and that's what we're working on. We're not working on getting rid of tilt we're working on getting rid of these negative parts because now you have something that's extraordinarily useful.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I literally had a conversation with someone today about tilt and didn't say it as eloquently as you did, but I will now. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's, it's you so go. true. It's because I think it, it's like swearing in the US, right? We, mm-hmm. we swear in anger primarily, so we think all swearing is bad. It's like getting passionate, getting tilted, getting heated, getting hyper-focused is bad because of the things that go along with it. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to yell at your teammates if you're tilted. You can be internally tilted and frag out, but you just need to not yell at people because that's not cool.
3: So I yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think when you start, like, even even taking the concept of, like, getting on your keyboard and starting to, to flame your jungler or getting pissed off at somebody... Like all of that that you're doing is essentially taking your mind off of the game because you're typing, you're thinking about something else, you're giving resources to another part that doesn't need resources. And every time you do that, your brain isn't focused on what you need mm-hmm. to do. And so you're directing all this really useful e- uh, energy and focus and, and kind of like resources into the wrong area wrong that's area. making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you can fix that, Tilt's actually a good... I. I think tilt's is a good thing if you can fix those things because it does. It, it gives you that energy. like it, it hypes you up. Yeah, that's
0: really smart. Uh, okay, my very last question is you, sir, are given a prescription pad. This is not medical advice. And the goal is to write down one thing, one prescription that is going to make someone a better gamer that they can do tonight. It will make them better tomorrow. What mm-hmm. are you writing down on that prescription pad?
3: To follow your Twitter, obviously. No. That's <laughs> cheating. No. That's cheating. What's one thing? Give me give me one second. there's a lot of things. I gotta... Right. I know. You
0: gotta think of just one individual mm. thing. But while Lennon is thinking, you should go follow my Twitter at Gamerdoc. Um if you wanna follow Lennon's Twitter, it is right below him. It is vertex psych. So follow both of us on Twitter.
3: Wow, one thing is so hard to I mean this is kind of vague I suppose but I think truly like the the root of of growth is awareness and so spending time to reflect not just on your game but just your general life spending time to reflect on yourself every single day so the way that you do things the way you play the game how well your games went how well your school went how well your work went whatever it meant whatever it might be spending time to reflect and become aware of how you do things will truly give you tremendous growth in whatever you're trying to do um and it's kind of vague so i'm trying to just like pinpoint one thing but i think that reflection and awareness is is the root of all growth
0: i completely agree with you it's a perfect one thing it's not too vague at all 10 out of 10 all right,
3: perfect perfect
0: all right sir we are out of time for our podcast this has been awesome i've learned a lot so we aside from following you on twitter which is below you is there anything else you want to draw attention to anything you want to shout
3: out um you can also follow my company fit gamer uh it's at fit gamer, f-i-t-g-m-r uh just on twitter you can kind of keep up up to date with our happenings there um but other than that not much there's not much i, I want to shout out I'll, yeah that's that's about it <laughs> other what? than you should be watching cloud nine at worlds on november 6th because they are going to make it to the finals and they're going to win i love that are they going
0: to be doing squats <laughs> on stage though Of course. course.
3: I'll be doing squats to get out my own stress while I'm watching
0: them. Perfect. Perfect. Landon, thank you so much for stopping by the show and have a wonderful evening.
3: Oh, thank you so much.
0: That is two times people on this show have recommended a little bit of introspection and self-assessment. So if you have not sat by yourself with no electronics in the silence and thought about your life, try it. Go hike the Appalachian Trail. Go journal. I don't know. Think about it. Introspection is good for all areas of life, not just gaming. And multiple people have now recommended it on this show. So I would love if we just did a little bit of it. I don't know, man. I don't know. That is it for this episode of PogRx. This has been a blast. I love this show. I love talking to all of you. Um, I am your host, GamerDoc. Give me a follow on Twitter, at GamerDoc underscore, if you have not already. And as always, have a happy and a healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this show. For more information, follow gamerdoc on Twitter at gamerdoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment informational purposes only. Thank you and have a very nice day.